Okay, welcome to the Dadpreneur Podcast. B. Bocalandro is the author of Do Good at Work, How Simple Acts of Social Purpose-Driven Success and Well-Being. B, I want to welcome you and tell you that I started reading the book. I downloaded the ebook, um, and then you have a workbook along with it. So we have lots to talk about because your website is packed with great information for whether you're the uh, employee or the employer. So welcome to the podcast, B. I'm so excited to be here, Alex. Wonderful. So you have lots of experience. You've worked with so many Fortune 500 companies. I won't mention them all, but they're all great companies. You've written for the Harvard Business Review. You, you, you've taught at universities. Um, tell us, you know, your superpower is helping people make their work meaningful. And what, how did you get into that work, B? <laughs> yeah, not the direct, efficient way. <laughs> so I was born in Venezuela and my mm -hmm. dad was a workaholic, a really happy workaholic. And whatever job he had, he used it as a platform for good. So it's not like he went and he set up a nonprofit, but mm -hmm. at one point he was a, he was a civil engineer. So he designed roads, for example, mm -hmm. for the ministry of transportation. And he was working on a road that was right by the shore. And mm -hmm. his, his charge was to just make the road wider, safer, all those things, right? More get help cars go from point A to point B quicker, better, safer. But he snuck in a pedestrian bridge. And he told me this story when I was very young, like six years old. And he's like, shh, look here. I stuck in a pedestrian bridge. And I was like, why? <laughs> Why? Who needs a bridge? Why do we need a bridge? And the reason he snuck it in was because there were slums on one side of the highway and then the ocean on the other. And so that meant there were beaches. And he knew that the individuals who lived in that slum very rarely went to the beach. It was right there. You could see the water. You could see the sand. But Who's going to cross six lanes of traffic? So anyway, so he snuck in the pedestrian bridge and then made the beach more inclusive, right? That's that's what he did. He he gave access to the beach to individuals who were very low income. And whatever job he did, he always used it as a platform for good. So then fast forward about, you know, more than 20 years or so. And not surprisingly, I'm doing what you just described. I'm helping companies do good, right? But in, you know, formal programs, like, you know, helping HP uh, take their environmental prowess and share it with their business customers so that their business mm -hmm. customers have a lower carbon footprint, you know, very formal programs. And, I'm, uh, I'm, I did a presentation at Toyota for their 200 top managers. After the presentation, I'm walking to my car and my car was parked really, really far from the building because I wasn't driving a Toyota. So, <laughs> so I hear these footsteps behind me and it was a young Toyota employee. And he said, 
uh, hey, B, I snuck into your presentation because I saw in the meeting reservation system the title of your presentation, which was something like, you know, uh, how to do good from, you know, as, as, you know, from, from work at Toyota or something like that. He goes, I didn't know it was for all the big wigs. I mean, this, he was probably like 28 or 29. It's like, I didn't know it was for all the big wigs, but I just sat in the back and I think they thought I was part of catering. So no one kicked me out. And I was like, well, why did you sneak into my presentation? And he said, because the title of it is what I want to do. And mm -hmm. so I realized, well, how many let's call them Bob, right? How many Bobs are there? And can I help them? Like not just help, you know, these fortune 500s at the highest level, but can I help the solopreneur or mm -hmm. someone who's within a large organization do good from whatever position they have? And so that's why I wrote the book. And that's, you know, that's what I love doing most is equipping and inspiring and giving people the confidence to basically do what my dad was doing, like whatever job you dreamt up for yourself or whatever job you happen to have, you can do good from it. You can, you can make positive contributions to others or societal causes from it. I love that. And it, and it, yeah, the impact that you have in the world and the legacy that you leave, um, definitely makes your footprint more meaningful even to the people around you and like you are inspiring other people um through your stories which is why we're happy you're here today you have over a hundred stories of examples right at different organizations and different people who are doing well could you share some of those with us from both both ends maybe something that you gave us a few examples of companies there but uh, for yeah. for the employee um, and then maybe we can pivot to give us an example of a small company, because I think a lot of small companies, the entrepreneurs that are solopreneurs, they feel like, well, I'm growing, I'm scaling. I just don't have the time. I don't have the money to, to do all these good altruistic things that the big companies are doing. When in fact, you and I know that it's much harder for the bigger companies to do it because you could have the money, but you have to be inspiring people. So I love for you to talk to that one lone person who's doing work that maybe is meaningful, but they're, they're, they're still missing so much. What can they do to influence their leaders to, to help them do better? Yeah. So um, you can influence your leaders and I definitely I'm pro that, but I also mm -hmm. want to say, you can forget your leaders, <laughs> just do what you can do. Just start. So um, an example of that is uh, there's a parking attendant in Washington, D.C. And, mm -hmm. you know, this is he probably didn't at five years old say, I want to grow up to be a parking attendant. And mm -hmm. the job was good enough. Right. His supervisor treated him well and his coworkers weren't terrible. And he got to <laughs> he got to play games all afternoon because there was no one would come in or out. So. Uh, but he started like dreading his job. It was just, he just felt like lethargic, just thinking about his job. And then one day, uh, this one customer, this one regular, uh, an older woman who uh, yeah, he, he called um, uh, Dr. K, I think. And anyway, he looked at her car and noticed that the tires were bald and he had had 
someone in his family when he was a child had been in a serious accident and apparently bald tires were a contributing factor. So he kind of freaked out and he's like, Dr. K, your tires are bald. What are you thinking? And she's like, well, I didn't know what, like, what am I supposed to do? So anyway, she was very grateful and she, she got her tires replaced. And then that night he felt great. And uh, it was like the lethargy wasn't there. And he, he, and research shows that his stress uh, response went down. Cortisol probably went down. Oxytocin went up. Dopamine went up. Serotonin. Those are the happy hormones, the ones that you get Mm -hmm. from chocolate and sex. So there's actually every time we do something for someone else, even if it's small, we get rewarded with, and you, you said it perfectly. It's like, if we don't have, if we don't feel that our job is making a meaningful contribution to others or to a societal cause, we actually do end up feeling miserable. And actually, we actually start performing miserably too. So then there's tons of research, as you know, my book, it has like 158 footnotes showing this. And then he realized, wait, I can do this for everybody. So he just started checking tire tread. And when someone had low tire tread, he would tell them he's gotten hugs from single mothers going, I had no idea my three-year-old was in a dangerous car. Now, he didn't ask his supervisor, you know, whether he could do it. He started doing it. And actually, then others caught on and, and did it as well. So it's great. I think that it's if if you can, if you want to go the route of bringing on your supervisor and and, you know, enrolling people at higher levels, that's fantastic. Um, and I have some tips in the book on how to do that. Actually, there's each, even a PDF on my website that you can download that is like how to make the case to your supervisor to to do whatever idea you have. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Um So there's an example of someone just taking the small amount of authority he had and turning it into good. And guess what? His he his job started feeling great. And then he got promoted to being the shift manager. And then one of the regulars who noticed like how happy he was at work and how proactive he was and all those things hired him and started training him to be the office manager in his for his firm. So his trajectory went up really quickly. This is someone without a college degree and you can go back and go, well, what, what was the fuel that was like helping him just do better and better? And the evidence would say having a sense of contribution on most days, even if that's small contribution, was probably a large, you know, a large part of the fuel that was propelling him forward. But I I also would love to talk about like a solopreneur, because I think Mm -hmm. your audience, there's a lot of people like that. Um, So, yeah, so there's, um, there's a woman who's a solopreneur, she has a small marketing firm. And all she did was say, every time I get a new client, I am going to go to Kiva, which is a a micro loan site and Mm -hmm. give 25. You can start with $25, give a $25 loan 
to an entrepreneur. And okay. that's it. And she told me, I get so excited about doing it and it's a way to celebrate. And what's cool is that she now, like she has, here's the client and here's the entrepreneur that, you know, the, 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 the woman in Peru who has a basket business, right. And needed a $25 or a hundred dollar loan. You don't have to give the whole loan, right. It can, there's crowd funding there. So mm -hmm. she helped give that loan to that woman. And so, so it kind of humanizes like all the work I'm doing for this client is actually like is also helping this person. And when she told me this, I and she said, well, hopefully then she got so excited and as things got better, she went up from twenty five to one hundred dollars. And she said, well, I hope I don't go bankrupt doing this. And then, you know, I end up my business doesn't work. And I said, well, what's brilliant about what you did Rachel is that I don't know if you know but Kiva it it actually is a loan site so if your business starts doing poorly those loans are paid back right? like <laughs> you can actually pull your money back out and then put it back in and she was like oh my god so like the risk is very very low and I thought that that was a particular particularly kind of low-hanging fruit that mm -hmm. went a really far away so but there yeah, are and I think to do it yeah yeah, and I think in in everyday life for most of us, you know, we, whether you go shopping somewhere or you're the employee in that um, uh, establishment, often we think about these things in the context of customer service. So I do marketing and I have to tie that all together, right? B, I have to tie marketing to customer service, to sales and align everything. But I think what you're talking about is so much more powerful it embodies everything that you do in your job. And an example that I can think from a literally a few days ago over the weekend, I went with my wife and kids to the mall and we went to a few stores. We need to buy shoes. And um, one store we went to um, the, the, the clerk, I mean, just so nice, right. Talking to the kids, acknowledging, how are you? What can I do? Like really human. It wasn't even customer service so much, but you could tell she enjoyed her job and she was getting joy out of just, you know, understanding what, what we needed and how can she solve that problem for us? Um, okay, so we bought one of the pairs there, but then we went up to another uh, department store and we get there, um, we found a pair, but we said, well, you know what? Let's walk around some more and come back. When we came back, the store was closing. It was like nine o'clock at night on the Friday. Um, the store was closing, but we walked in, the door was open. And so we walked in, we weren't even looking at time. We are just walking. And we hear a lady yelling, hey, no, 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 no. And we said, wait, what's going on? Is this lady who happens, by the way, to be the department manager, okay, is yelling and telling us, you need to get out. The store is closed. We said, really? Oh, I'm sorry. It's like 901. Right. And she says, didn't you? I mean, she was not so <laughs> nice. And I mean, we're with, we're with little ones, kids. Yeah. Right? And she's saying, didn't you read a sign at the door? And of course, B, at that moment, you, of course, you're trying to be a good example too. You know, you need, yeah. That's exactly what I'm thinking right now, because it's not a customer service thing. It's a human thing. It's an empathy thing. And honestly, and that's okay that it's closed, but you don't have to treat me like an animal. Um, and so I think that so many people, and we experience this daily, all, all of us, especially in like hospitality or travel, you find yeah. people who are sour. Um, they have a chip on their shoulder and you, and I, yeah. I don't. I don't feel like I don't get angry at them. 
I kind of feel bad. You yeah. know, you, you kind of want to be like, you you should buy B's book. Okay, here's, I'm going to carry one of your books in a back pocket because yeah. there is a way out, but you have to wake up and oh, apply that. So that's exactly right. Yes, that's, see, that's exactly right. You're kind of getting to like my hidden agendas for writing the book. Um, you know, and it's not, it's not really her fault because she grew up with a whole bunch of messages that put her there and, and that are, that are wrong. So, you know, we, you go into the, you know, into the bookstore and there's a huge section that's self-help. Where's the, where's the section that is like help others, other help. And so, yeah, you know, that's a good point. we're, 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 and, and, you know, we're told it's like, draw your boundaries, protect your interests. Like, you know, mm -hmm. go for that bonus. That's, you know, that bonus is for you. And I'm not, you know, there, these things are important, especially as a woman, you, you do have to stand up mm -hmm. for, for yourself, but most of the time you will be served better by not thinking like, how is this person trespassing against me? Right? Like this store is closing. They, they, they pass, you know, they, there's, there's some offense going on against me, but rather with the, what they call the outward mindset, which is, huh? Um, I wonder why they did that. And can, you know, maybe how can I contribute? How can I help? And the thing is that sourness will like transform into like sweetness because that's how powerful switching that mindset is. And mm -hmm. so really like one of the hidden agendas of my book is like, I, you know, I give all the evidence for like, if you just choose to do one good thing a day, let's say, just give a compliment. Like for that woman, if she just chose to give a compliment, to one person every hour that came into the store, uh, that will put you on a path, like just like Leroy, right? He was miserable. And then he's like, I mean, he was very self-aware because he connected the dots of like, huh, I'm not feeling down tonight. And the only thing I can think that was different was that I had, I helped Dr. K. But the problem right. is that purpose is not like, it's not like water. We don't thirst for it. It's more like new, like iron, like nutritional iron that we're low on iron. We're anemic. We don't know we're anemic. So we're trying to solve it with everything else. And so, uh, yes, you're so right. She's like the perfect person to just, just try something and, yeah. and be aware and see if you notice anything. Absolutely. And then, and then last night I have the opposite example that I'll give you. Um, so we don't eat out that often. You know, one of my kids has allergies, so we try to cook at home, but we had just gotten in, uh, we were out of town for like a week and we came back last night. Uh, so I said, I'm going to just make pizza and a salad for the kids. Um, but I'll, I'll go to, uh, Panda express. It's like uh, Asian food, right? It's about the only like drive-through that I could eat my wife and I, and I said, so I'm going to go there, but it's not even the food because I, I don't really care for the food either. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when you're in a hurry, it's better than yeah. the other fast foods, but that's not why I go there B 
I go there because there is this woman who every time I get to the drive-thru, there's, you were talking about dopamine and all the different, it, uh, there's this expectation. I know what I'm going to get. It's like watching a great movie, right? And lo and behold, she was there. She's there 90% of the time. Um, and I said, she picked up and of course I, I ordered the food and I get to, and we're always just talking. And I, I, I tell her often enough, I say, you know, I come here because of you. You're, you're amazing. You are so happy and so yeah. pleasant always. And she says, oh, no, no, nothing. Everything is good. Da, da, da. I just, you know, but she loves what she's doing. And I know she doesn't act that way just with me, with everyone. She's right. happy. She's got a smile on her face. And I remember through COVID, especially, you know, everybody was wearing masks. That was a very difficult time for a lot of uh, restaurant workers, you know, in the food industry. And, but she was always happy. And I'll tell you the truth. I mean, having her wear a mask, I could still see her eyes you know, yeah. smile through COVID, <laughs> but that's why I go there. Not because of the food. I don't care for the food. Yes. We don't eat out that much, but so for those business owners listening here, be, you know, talk to us about how, you know, helping the people in your organization, or maybe it's you, the leader yourself, how doing these things will lead to more profits and more sales too. Yes, absolutely. So your experience, so they've done experiments where uh, you just got to love academics. They've set up like this pop-up uh, coffee shop. And the mm -hmm. they basically, the, it's terrible. Everything's terrible. Like they get the names wrong. The coffee is lukewarm. It takes too long uh, and on purpose. So, mm -hmm. but half the people, um, half the customers, and these are real customers, so mm -hmm. it's real research. So half the customers are aware all they are is that they're aware that this business has some like philanthropic program out there and the other are not and there was a big difference between the response in both and it was you're self-aware but for most people it's self-conscious it was like mm -hmm. it was like well wasn't the coffee was the coffee warm enough yeah it was warm enough and it wasn't right it was lukewarm but it's <laughs> actually it will taste better like that food actually tastes better to us if like, <laughs> we we know that business is doing good so that has been established and and even like they'll rate everything better like the quality the service everything just knowing that the business does does good so there's a huge effect, and it, again, it's mostly subconscious on consumers and you know clients, anybody who purchases, right? Uh, that loyalty goes up, the chances of finding anything wrong go down, the chances of telling someone else if they just know that you are doing something, you know what. I call social purpose, the academics call it eudaimonic purpose, but you can, can, you can kind of uh, pull a muscle trying to say that. So if you're just doing something good out there, there's a really, one of my favorite case studies of this, and there's a great book, it's, um, it's Barefoot Wines. Mm -hmm. So this is a couple decided they're going to go into the wine business. They have nothing, right? No capital, no experience. They, 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 they start out of their laundry room, right? And, um, but they, and they have these favorite nonprofits and stuff. And so they had no money for marketing, but they thought, well, 
um, if a nonprofit's doing an event, like a fundraiser, mm-hmm. we, we can't give them money because we have no money. That's, you know, no <laughs> startup business has money, right? But we can give them product. And then they realize, oh my God, this is absolutely brilliant because who drinks the wine <laughs> at the <laughs> fundraiser for the local YMCA? These are the people that can afford wine. That's why they're at the fundraiser because they paid $700 for a table. And so their entire brand was really about helping nonprofits. And then they didn't even do any marketing unless they were also uh, helping a nonprofit in, in, in the process. So like, instead of just putting, you know, I mean, they didn't really do marketing, marketing, but let's say social media, instead of the tweet just saying, hey, here's our new, you know, our new, you know, whatever Chardonnay. It's like, here's our new Chardonnay and we are dedicating it to the Boys and Girls Club because blah, blah, blah. And Boys and Girls Club is a great organization. And, uh, you know, I think it only took them 10 years to have it sold to, I think, Gallo. And it's now the, Mm -hmm. the largest uh, uh, wine brand in the world is barefoot wines. And, uh, you know, they just used that effect that purpose has on the sales decision brilliantly. And, and, you know, it was all genuine. They really were helping these organizations. It wasn't like it was some form of whitewashing, uh, but it, it had, and and you know this is their they're saying this it had mm-hmm. huge commercial impact so yeah any any way that you can find to link your interaction with your customers to like a societal cause uh, mm-hmm. or even just even help your customers more than you need to yeah what what no I'd be interested to hear your thoughts and not to get too controversial here. What do you think about companies like, I live here just outside of Orlando, Disney, great brand. Okay. My son loves Marvel. Okay. They're great. Consistently, they keep raising their prices. Um, And and it's not because of inflation, you know, or lack of profits to shareholders because everybody's just doing really well. Uh, so we, we know that with oil companies, every company is doing so well. And, and so inflation is, you know, it's a thing that I think I look at different companies and I make my decisions as to whether I buy products or not based on a lot of those things. And as you said, most people don't think that way, but, but I do, I'm not, you know, so it's funny because my mom said, Hey, I want to buy tickets for you and the kids go to Disney, uh, this, um, Christmas, you know, I said, you know what? I, I don't think I want to because they are, when you talk about being inclusive, I love that. What I don't love, which I'm sort of I'm not big into luxury brands to begin with, even if I were a billionaire, I wouldn't be into it because I, I don't like that exclusivity thing Yes, where it's yeah. only, it's out of touch for like 99% of the people so that 1% can go, look what I have. I'm, I'm okay. If you're into that that's fantastic but it's really just not my thing which is always i've always had tried to um you know operate businesses that are for anyone who wants to do business with me at a at a you know a fair rate everybody does well but for like this a brand like disney what what do you think that the branding 
And the product is just so over the top powerful that people just kind of go, we know you're not doing, you know, this for just because you, 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 you want to bring happiness to the world. You keep raising prices because you want shareholders to make more money. There's a direct line there, yeah. but people keep coming back. Why are some brands that way and others not? Like not every brand can just keep raising prices. So how, how do you, how do you square that up? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, consumer behavior is a whole field. And I think a lot of things go into when we decide to buy something and when we don't. And they even know that like the weather does like mm -hmm. for real, like if it's a rainy day, we're actually less likely. And, and I'm not talking about umbrellas. I'm talking about things. So <laughs> we're really complex as humans. Um, I do, you, you've hit on a few things. So, okay, well, let me finish that thought first. Increasingly, people are becoming you. So when they make a decision on yes. going <laughs> or anything else, it's a very good thing, Alex. Oh, yes. <laughs> of Alex's. Oh. So increasingly, people are becoming you. So they take into consideration something that has nothing to do with the product, uh, you know, the features of the product. Um, mm -hmm. And has to do with what is the impact of this product and this company on the world, really? Like mm -hmm. what, you know, so is, is it just, is it, are they contributing to the, um, you know, the huge income inequality that we have mm -hmm. or are they doing the opposite? So more and more people are doing that. So just as one example, we know that, uh, 10 years ago, 25% uh, of consumers would look at a product and uh, consider basically it's an environmental impact. So uh, now it's half, it's, it's, it, now it's 50% of people do this. So 50% okay. of people on a regular basis are like, oh, right. God, I just, I don't want one more piece thing of plastic that end up in landfill or in our oceans. I just, I don't, right. Oh, look, here's the right. cardboard version. I'll buy the cardboard version. That is half. It's half of people now. And it's, and it's still going up. So all those other factors on are important on why people buy things. Like, is this going to make me look sexy? Is this, you know, all, those are all still there. We're still these, yeah. <laughs> we have egos and all of that. But on top of that, and pushing it up or down the sales is that social consciousness and it's getting broader. It used to just be environment. Now it is things like what you're talking about. So for example, Dr. Browners, you know who they are? They make the soap. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So, um, so they, uh, one of the examples I give to, you know, in my day job is to help companies do this, right? So I was like, well, if you want to take a stand out there on income inequality, do what Dr. Bronner's does. And it's like no one at their company makes more than five times what anybody else makes. So this means that the very top, this is a hugely successful company, right? Uh, growing just at huge rates, right? So the top executives basically they don't make more than two hundred and fifty thousand because 
there's someone at the company that is making 50,000. And when I <laughs> mention this to people, like literally I see them like take, like almost put on their to-do by Dr. Browners. Like they're, yeah. so I think it's, it, it's a very, um, it's, it's a meaty consideration now. What is the brand and the company doing? Like, what is their net impact on the world? Or at least on the little area that I care about. And it's getting bigger. So I don't think we'll ever, you know, it, it, it probably can't trump price or quality. You know, in mm -hmm. the end, it's like if we go to Disney and it's a terrible experience, it just doesn't matter if they've become, by the way, they, they are a client. <laughs> But so, um, like, you know, whether the the experience still has to be good. So right. I. Um, but well, I think they 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 are an interesting case. Absolutely. They've been a client of mine in the past as well. And um, I think in their case, it's unique because obviously, as you know, with Florida and the governor, they had the whole back yeah. and forth, you know, so they're they've made their mistakes and they're trying to correct it and say hey you know we are inclusive and we want you know we want yeah. everyone to do well and um and then of, of course you have companies who stay quiet and in my in my eyes companies that size when they're quiet they're complicit um you know i think of a you know a huge company like um raytheon which is right by us here they make all sorts of you know um weapons and 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 you know they have contracts with the government you know and um raytheon you know many of their executives donated to the january 6th insurrection it's like i could never go work for a company like that and i have a neighbor who does work for the company he wasn't even aware that his bosses donated to the this cause um crazy but you know what i also find though uh, b is that some people are not as engaged with whether it's the political world or what's going on in the news because they are so tired of it with good reason that they, they just yeah. kind of tune it out and 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 go do their job but i love everything that you're doing with the book because i think it it gives people a a, a blueprint and the examples and the stories i think the stories are very powerful because it's one thing to 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 see a a system uh, a framework that that might might work for them but it's a different thing to actually hear the stories as as you've shared with us here today so before we close out today's podcast and we'll put all your your links in the show notes as i mentioned i downloaded your workbook i found it i mean i've gone through a few pages very very powerful great way to do it whether you're the employer or the employee um but what would you like to leave us with today yeah i if you're job, if your day job or your side gig, whatever it is, doesn't improve the world, then improve that job. And it's not as hard as it sounds. All right. Well, perfect. Well, thank you for being on the podcast today. And we look forward to seeing all the changes that you're, you're making in the world be. It's been my pleasure to be here, Alex.